Welcome to another conversation of Getting Down to Business. I'm Ashley Curtis, Career Counselor and Internship Coordinator with the MUMA College of Business. And I'm Jill Brown, Academic and Career Advisor, and we are your hosts for this podcast, and we're always so excited. I love Tuesdays. Anyway, um, we are, the podcast, the point is to connect our students with leadership opportunities, with Tampa Bay employers, discover industry secrets and insights. And if you have a question or topic that you would like us to spotlight, please email, DM us on social media. Yep. Um, Especially for today's episode, I am so excited. Today we have with us Managing Director of PwC, Jill Notes. Um, We're going to talk about leadership, gender, and equity. Um, Jill, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thank you very much. I'm I'm a Florida native. I'm actually an alumni of South Florida, so I got my MBA um, from USF in 2004. I'm excited to be here with everyone today as well. I'm very passionate about making sure that we have students in the next generation coming through our organization, as well as advocating for for women. I've been with PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is one of the largest professional services firms for just about 23 years now. I've done a number of roles, and right now I'm the controller of our U.S. and Mexico firm. Oh, very cool. I was going to ask how long you've been with them, so thanks for that. Thank you. What are some of the other roles that you've had? So I actually spent the first five years of my career at PwC in an IT capacity. So I did technology. I was a developer and a tester uh, and slowly migrated over to the finance space. My academic and edu- my education and, and academics have all been through finance and accounting um, through the course of, of uh, my career. I've actually been going back to school quite often as I've been working. Uh, I got my undergrad from the University of Florida. I definitely showed my intelligence when I picked USF for my MBA. Uh, I got my MBA in 2004. And then I did go back to school. I always wanted to sit for the CPA, but I didn't have enough accounting credit. So I did do University of Phoenix online and got my master's in accounting around 2000. You're talking my language now as the accounting and finance. And then I actually a little bit later on in my career, I just um, completed and got my license, my CPA license in uh, 2020. Congratulations. Oh, yes. That's a huge achievement. I know it's not easy. Yes, yeah. it was not easy, uh, especially during COVID with three kids and a full-time oh, job. So yes. just a few, but just it's few. possible. Okay. I think that's the important thing. Well, I'm going to ask then, you know, have you read a good book or article lately that you found to motivate or inspire you or something you wanted to share with the listeners about these topics? Sure. So I'm a huge advocate of reading. I'm a voracious reader. My children, unfortunately, are not following in my footsteps, <laughs> but um, maybe what? maybe I'm setting the example. Uh, so there's there's two books that, as of late, I think are very interesting. One is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Oh, um, I love her. I love now, Brene. Now she's yes. melting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, she's my favorite. So um, and it really resonates with that. That book particularly resonates with me because it talks a lot about vulnerability and being courageous, mm-hmm. and it's certainly applicable to you know anyone that's uh, you know looking to get into or, or embarking on their professional career or in the midst of their professional career. I think you can use it in so many different ways. Um, so that that book, uh, I'm still in the middle of it. I haven't finished, but I do like Brene and I feel um, very inspired and it makes me think. And that's why I think reading so important is getting exposed mm-hmm. to different ideas that Definitely. just for- force you to think a little bit differently. And have some good conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the second book is, it's called That's What She Said. It's by Joanne um, Lipman. Have I've you seen heard of it. that No. I, well, yes, in a sense. I saw it, I think. Yeah. It is actually very intriguing as well. And it, it 
essentially highlights the differences um, between men and women yes. in the workforce, yeah. how people think differently and you know, where everyone can adapt or at least understand how somebody else might be approach approaching a situation. Um, so it's been very insightful as well. Those are two um, really good books that I've recently picked up and have enjoyed. Oh, I'm going to have to check that second one out. Yep. I'm they, pretty sure I saw it when I was at the bookstore with my niece. That's when I was like, oh, oh. it was tempting just for that it's, reason. It's good. I had some that, gender classes and I love thinking it, about it is, the perspectives. It's, just, it's very interesting. And the reason I picked that up is I happen to be um, watching a LinkedIn Live. So one of our female leaders who is a mentor of mine, um, at PwC, she's probably like number two, number three in the firm. She was doing a LinkedIn Live. It was her first. I had joined that and she was actually doing it with her mother. Uh, her mother owns her own business. And I chatted in a question. I said, I like, you know, what's your, what's the latest reading list? What's on your reading list? And her and mom was... said that book. And that's how I picked it up. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, next question. We'd like to do a quick word association game with you. So Joel and I are going to. These are out... always dangerous. It's <laughs> <laughs> never been a problem. We're, we're going to put out a few words for you. First thing that comes to mind. All right. Sure. So influence. Important. Adaptable. Crucial. Success. <laughs> Individual. And the last word, which I hope we're going to talk about a lot today, is equity. I think that one's individual, too. Okay. I like this. All right. Oh, well, thanks for playing. <laughs> and in a sense, we'll get down to business now, jumping into the nuts and bolts in a sense. Uh, guiding principles that have helped you grow and succeed in life, as well as at PwC, obviously, with a 23-plus year career. Yeah, so... I think the principles have evolved over time, sure. right? You didn't, I, I certainly didn't come out of school <laughs> with the list. With the list. Um, <laughs> so if I think about kind of the three most or the, the three crucial skills that I, I feel like I've developed at this point and I still, you know, you can, you're never done developing, right? It never stops. Um, one is authenticity. Oh, it's goodness. really being... Uh, mm being willing to show up for who you are with all your vulnerabilities, all your strengths and what your weaknesses are. Um, I found that that's actually been very helpful and it it's helped me relate to people, whether it's a, another leader, a colleague um, or somebody that reports to me. Um, so authenticity is uh, very important. Second is curiosity. Uh, I, I cannot emphasize that anymore. Having a level of intellectual curiosity will help you go very far. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as asking the question why. I, it's interesting when I ask for people for feedback about myself, usually the first or second thing they say is you always ask really good questions. <laughs> and it just comes from a sense of curiosity. And at, at some point I stumbled over this over the past couple of years, but one of my favorite words in the English language is wonder. So when I'm in a situation, I'll start to just think to myself, I wonder what if this happens? Or I wonder why they're thinking this way? Or I wonder why we've taken that decision? And those questions generally lead somebody to talk to more. You understand the broader context, you find other opportunities, um, but intellectual curiosity a sense of wonder and, and wanting to understand the bigger picture have certainly helped me um, in my career and in my in my life as well, kind of exploring my personal self. Um, 
And I would say that the third one is really around courage. Mm -hmm. Um, And this goes back to Brene Brown. Um, I find that having a level of courage is really important. You're I haven't always been successful at everything I've done, but I've always learned something, um, even if it wasn't the, of the highest success. Uh, so having courage to take some risks is also very important. So I think those are the three um, most crucial skills. The other thing that I've learned probably as more as of late, as I've grown and really elevated the positions in my career is that you don't have to be nice, but you have to be kind. Mm. Um, a good difference and, yep. you know sometimes giving an individual a hard message and feedback i recently had to take you know give we're, we're in the process of our um feedback performance review cycle which happens annually same um <laughs> you can be kind in delivering um a hard message but being nice and not giving somebody a development opportunity is not helpful I have to jump on the word vulnerable because you did mention it a couple times. And then, of course, in the Dare to Lead. Um, and has that been something that you've had to develop for yourself? Because I feel like that's a that's a big word and it's not something easy to do. Do you know what I mean? Especially in a professional sense. We always hear about it more in relationship it's sense, right? right? Uh, I, I think it's come over time. I think it's innate in me to some degree. Mm. Uh, I don't have a great poker face, um, <laughs> which means that um, I can't hide things very well, which okay. means like I've just found it easier to be open and honest. And if I'm scared about something or if I'm worried but about something, that... um, having the conversation and, and some of it's just around self-awareness. I, I'll give you another example. So um, I took on this controller role. It's a pretty big um, position. Yes, uh, I'm fairly young, but not that young compared to our students or our listeners probably um, that are on the phone. And uh, there's a conference that's coming up that's in Bermuda. Um, the person that normally goes, I've kind of taken over their role. Um, I will probably be the most junior person there. He couldn't go and said, Jill, can you step in? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. That sounds great. And as I went to go book the tickets, I, I reached out to him and I said, are you sure? Like, am I the right person to go? I just need a boost of confidence. But just showing that vulnerability and saying, I know what I know the answer you're going to tell me, but I just need some reassurance along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've also found in the vulnerability space, asking for help is like the mm-hmm. greatest gift you can give somebody Aww. anyway. Um, phrase like that. Like there's no, I feel right. nothing better, right? Like I've, I've had the perfect day if I've actually been able to help somebody. Right. So if you think of it in those terms, when you ask somebody else for help, you're actually giving them a gift and an opportunity to help you. Um, it starts to break it's two that ways. down you both a little bit. Can feel yes. good about whatever happens. I think um, humans we like to help each other. Period. Right. Um, okay. And nobody's perfect. We're all human, right? Thanks for. Uh, there's so much more. I wanted to. I even wanted to emphasize too about asking good questions. I think you asked good questions, Ashley. By the oh. way, when you joined our team, thank you. And I was like, oh, she asked good. But that's a that's a big thing in a sense. I think it takes the analytical piece. Students have to think about what it is, digest, and then figure out how to gain more information from that, right? And so asking those questions, and also it's not you just talking. You have to then listen. You absolutely have to listen to what somebody's saying. And I think that word wonder has helped me. I think asking good questions is a skill, Um, but it has to come from a place, an intrinsic place that you really want to know and you get curious. And that I, I 
I feel as if that word wonder has unlocked those doors for me. It seems um, an easy word. It's, it doesn't have connotations. Negative. No, you know and I mean? it's like in your mind. Yeah. I, I wonder yeah, what yeah. they're, you know, I wonder why, I wonder what, I wonder how, I wonder what's next. Um, there's so many different angles you can go. And mm -hmm. as soon as you ask that question, you open the person up you're speaking to, to start talking about many things. And it just continues to snowball from there. And you learn so much. Well, and I think they kind of go together, right? The be curious and the, yeah, the vulnerability, totally. because I think sometimes um, what I notice is when you are nervous or scared or maybe more of the courage piece, right? Because if you're scared about asking a question or wondering how that question will be perceived, sometimes you don't ask the question that needs to be asked. Mm -hmm. And those are the questions that don't ever get asked. Um, I think that's a very good point. I'll just to kind of double click on that a little bit on two fronts. One is when you're in a conversation and you have your mind is processing around that, yep. you're wasting, we're wasting energy thinking about all of those things, about being nervous, about I shouldn't ask. And you're actually not able to engage in the conversation. Yep. So um, I find with myself and with other women, um, we spend a lot of time playing all Wait. of that stuff. And so we're right. wasting processing power. Um, so sometimes when I find myself in that spot, I have to say to myself, so what? Right. <laughs> if I ask a stupid question, so what? Um, what? Well, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people won't remember because everyone's busy thinking about themselves anyway. Um, but it's taking that risk. You know, so what? Yeah. You ask a stupid question. So what? You make a mistake. It's not the end of the world. This goes back to when we had Justin from Enterprise on and he was talking about getting those recruiters when you go to different recruiting events and networking and just topics in general, but a lot of times you're nervous. So if you go prepared with some good questions, it takes the heat off of you. So that's another way to kind of think about it. But I like that two of our guests have really emphasized that piece and that takes some time and effort on their part. So, yep. Great. We're starting to touch on you know, some of the larger questions, Jill, there's a lot of research on challenges that women experience in the workforce, everything from um, topics on gender pay gap to lack of sponsorship and mentorship, um, just to name a few. Can you share with us some of the challenges that you've experienced? Yeah, so that there's a that that's a yeah, big question. Loaded, right? um, so we can go to a lot of places. I'll, <laughs> I'll start with mentorship and mentorship programs. I think the program aspect of mentorship is a good foot in the door. Early on in my career, I probably spent um, the first ten years thinking it was the mentor's really responsibility to me. Like mm -hmm. I'm a new person in here. I you know I'm somebody an up and comer. You me. somebody should come to me. That's right. Um, the most effective mentor-mentee relationships is really when the mentee leans in the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, typically, what I see, and I have a lot of different mentees, I have people come to me on varying, you know, wh whether it's very often or very infrequent, um, the people that have leaned in and, and put the most effort into those relationships, the more effective they are. Um, and I would say the same is for me. I, when I took this role 12 months ago, part of my negotiation of taking the role or what, what I was asking for was not all about pay. It was, I want access to female executive leadership. Um, and I got it. That was part of what I negotiated. And there were some other executives that I wanted relationships with as well. Um, so mentorship, is there's a lot of accountability on the mentee. 
um, and taking ownership of that. Typically, if you're going for a mentor, a mentor is probably in a higher level position, has mm -hmm. more responsibility, has a lot of mentees. Doesn't mean they don't want to help you, but they're distracted. They have a lot of things going on, um, but always willing to help the mentee. So if you, if I could have gotten into uh, that mentality that right. I'm not wasting somebody else's time, I'm not, you know, they're not too busy. They want to talk to me. I just have to take the initiative. They're not waiting around to spouse this knowledge That's and wisdom, right? right? And, and they're not constantly just thinking about me. Um, I wish I would have thought about that earlier. And it goes yeah. back to, you know, what we were talking about before. People love to help. There's nothing, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the greatest day I have if I know I've helped somebody. Um, so if somebody's reaching out from a, you know, mentee perspective, I'm helping them and that feels good. But that initiation from the mentee side is, is really important. What are some of the questions that you think students should be asking or anybody should be asking if they're going to make the most out of a uh, mentor-mentee relationship? I think the first thing that's important is building just building a relationship and chemistry with somebody. Yeah. So getting to know them, yep. um, understanding what they like, understanding what their path was, um, trying to get the lay of the land of how they've developed their career um, and what their personal life looks like. Because that starts to build a chemistry between two people. And when you have a chemistry with someone, it just, you know, it keeps the connection going. So I think that's, I, I would start there with building the relationship. And then, you know, it's starting to explore what's important to you. Where do you want to go? Um, if, you know, questions like, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? Um, if I, you know, those types of questions, you know, what should I be thinking about now? You see, you see, you know, whatever your lens is or your perspective on the industry I'm interested in, what do you see over the next 10 years and what would position myself best now? Mm -hmm. um, what are the next steps that I should take? What are you guys looking for in terms of experience outside of maybe the, you know, the academics that I am currently pursuing? Those types of questions would be pretty impactful, I believe. Yeah, thank you. Back to questions, good yeah. questions. Yes, very important. I'm curious, the mentorship, I almost wanted to back up and say sometimes students, I mean, we still are seeing so many first-generation students. And also on the flip side, on a different note, um, companies, organizations, and then people wanting to be mentors. And it's really how to develop that relationship and connection. But for, for the student side, um, you know, they don't even know how to get started. Are you able to maybe speak to that at all? Finding that person. There's so okay. many programs. I mean, we've spoken okay. a little bit. There's so many programs that are on campus. Um, there are job fairs where people come in. There are, you know, I, I know on certain campuses, PwC will come in and create, you know, we have programs where we're going into classes. It's starting to network through those avenues to mm -hmm. find a person. And it's never going to be one person. We talk about a mentor, but you have a network. Um, one thing I learned probably about a decade ago is thinking about you know, who's your board of directors? So mm. if you're your own company, okay. right, you need a board of directors. Um, you need somebody that's going to help you on the human capital front, on, you know, all the different elements yeah, of a it. business. And you have to find, everyone has a different sweet spot. So you can't just have one mentor. You're going to have many and some are going to stick and some aren't, and that's okay. Um, but it's it's leveraging all the resources that you have on campus to start building building that. Um, and as soon as you enter the workforce, starting to pick those people out that you're, you know, you, you see something in them that you aspire to be, um, that interests you, reach out, 
Um, right. I, I, you know, it, it's really kind of a, it's, it's just not hard. a program. It's a, you know, it's. It's, it's taking that first step. It's, it's scary. Exactly. I love thinking of your network as a board of directors. I like that. Takes that word. Yeah. Makes it so different if you look at it like that. And then for students, a lot of times I'll tell them too to think about like, okay, where do, where does your mom work? Where does your dad work? Um, what about aunts and uncles? What does your family network look like? Just to reach into people that are a little more comfortable to maybe speak Absolutely. with, right? I or think relatives, friends, handoff, soft handoff, right? I mean, I've done. Uh, my kids are involved in different <laughs> sports, so um, my son plays baseball. My my daughters um, are dancers, and I've had their friends shadow me um like oh someone's mom works (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know she they have shadowed other people as well so i think that's you know not only just family and like you said extended family um but reaching into whatever network you Mm -hmm. have if you have brothers or sisters um that are in sports that are connected to other parents there's just there's so many avenues that you can go um i was not a first generation college student my father graduated from college but um i in my broad family is really the first person in a corporate world. Mm, okay. um, and I have found that a little bit challenging as I've navigated the right. waters. Um, my dad owned his own small business, which was very, very helpful in many ways, but very um, different. but navigating the corporate world, it's, it's challenging when you mm-hmm. don't have family mm-hmm. to go to. Um, but I think what you just said around, you know, if you have friends or some <laughs> other way to reach in, um, looking at that person. Very helpful. And look for the programs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, there's so many things at USF as well that people need to tap into. Yeah. Yep. So we've started talking about it. Uh, do you want to dive in on a little bit more of maybe one or two of your mentorship experiences and what that's looked like for you and, and some of the benefits that you oh, feel you. Yes. like you've received from that? Benefits. That's what I was going to say. How can we help students see that? I mean, the, the, it's just so abundant. I have, um, I, like, I think of very specific people when you ask that question. Um, and, you know, they've served in a variety of capacities. There's um, one person that's been a mentor for me for the better part of 15 years. And he has certainly helped advocate for me um, for different roles. So has identified other positions prior to taking on the controller role. I was the CFO of, of one of our business units of our audit practice. Um, and he was the one that brought that opportunity and helped navigate, uh, helped me navigate through the interview process as well. Uh, so there's been a lot of benefits. I've also had some mentors that have had to give me, you know, really tough feedback at the mm-hmm. same time, but it's helped me grow. Um, so the, the benefits are are so abundant of having good mentors that you you stick with. But it's like we said earlier, it's a relationship that you have to nurture um, on both sides. And then it turns into a, you know, a friendship and well outside of work and outside of mentorship and all that kind of thing. Um, it's a it's a relationship that you have with individuals that you kind of go through your, your life with, but they are hugely beneficial. And I appreciate you saying that too, because I think often as people think, you know, sometimes people go into it and it's like, oh, I need to find a mentor, right? Um, Singular and, instead of plural. Yes, so it's that not, changes the 
mentality. Anyway, go yep. ahead. No, that, right? And, and we have great programs, which is good because we partner people with mentors, um, but which helps with finding a mentor. But I think sometimes, you know, we look at it, it's like, oh, I need to find a mentor. And we focus less about building the relationship and letting that mentorship um, relationship cultivate naturally. And then saying, like, this mm-hmm. is somebody who I – I look up to and I want them to mentor me and it's like, oh, you know, I want to go here in my career and this is a person who's there in their career and this person is there already and this is the person who I choose to mentor me. And it doesn't always necessarily work that way because the relationship and the bond isn't there. I've had very few. We need a mentor match. Swipe left, swipe <laughs> right. right. I'm sorry. Exactly. I, just, I couldn't immediately. I was yeah. visualizing. I've met a sorry. lot of people that way. And I think the mentor programs are important because like you said, it gets your foot in the door. It starts to, and we have a, a, a lot of different mentor programs um, at PwC and I'm involved in in some of them, some of those relationships have stuck, but many more have kind of spawned or, you know, I was, I was, I was a mentor with you, but you talked to Jill and you're like, you guys would really connect very well. You should reach out. Um, and it goes from there. It's much more organic. Um, so I, I think as long as people go in with that mentality, like the mentor programs are really important. Find a mentor that can help you, you know, a formal mentor that can help you but that's only a starting point. Yeah. It's not, word, it's yeah. not just the finish, say, right? Yeah. That's not the finish line. That's just the starting line. It's yeah. not the one mentor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they change. I mean, I've had um, some people that have, uh, I've been, you know, in that mentoring relationship for a long time in my career. And other times, like it's a very specific period or season of my professional life. And then, yeah, I go into a different role. They go a different way and you come up with different mentors. You might still stay connected from a relationship perspective, but it's not finite. I, I do find that we look at mentors as a singular, right? Like you had mentioned, there's one mentor. I have to find that mentor and they're going to stay with me forever. And that's not reality. Yeah. Yes. All right. I have to dig back into that large question you asked, which had so much bulk about pay gap and lack of sponsorship. Just I'm trying to think of some of the other topics you mentioned. But I guess the question is, pretty sure you've had some hurdles or challenges and maybe if you wanted to speak to something that was pretty, you know, wow, uh, not the airline was ever linear, but it maybe stopped you in your tracks and you had to stay, take a step back or reassess or just, you know, some challenges because students are always, nothing goes as planned. You have your whole map and then you might as well crumple that up. <laughs> and but that's part of the fun too. I mean, these experiences help you learn and grow. So anything that kind of sticks out that you might want to share something uh, like that. There's there's probably the, you know there's so many that are going through my mind. <laughs> Yesterday, um, no, for sure. <laughs> this morning, about an hour ago. Um, no. Uh, so let's hit gender pay. Like let, let's hit pay equity um, okay. head on. Uh, I think that's been a challenge over the course of my you know, my career for sure. It's not a strong point for me. Like I, I struggle with being really out there and hard charging. Um, it's not my personality. Uh, but what I will say is that over the course of the last 20 years or so, we're in a much better spot than we were before. We're not where we need to be. Um, a lot of the big corporations, um, public or private, have a lot of policies and programs in place to ensure um, pay equity. So we've mm-hmm. made headway. Again, we're not all, all the way there. So there's a lot of programs in, in 
in place. We're actually in our, our annual cycle now of compensation increases. Um, and I, so I've thought about it a lot personally, and it's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to a job than pay. So you need to do your research around what you think is an appropriate um, level of compensation for the role. The nice thing is with technology and the abundance of information, it's a lot easier to get to now than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, so do your research, understand kind of what that range is. Never hurts to ask, right? Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Why is this the salary? Could it be more? Um, push on that a little bit. But at the end of the day, you have to individually get comfortable that you feel like you're getting compensated for the job you're performing, um, as well as whatever other benefits are in that package. Um, And that's been my approach. Someone is always going to make more money than you and someone is always going to make less money than you. Um, And you kind of just have to accept that at at some point. Yeah, Um, that was one of our questions. So I don't want to interrupt if you have. Nope, that's okay. No, well, because we were looking, Glassdoor, their latest survey was 68% of women do not negotiate versus 52%. So it's not saying women don't at all, but the, the level. And we frequently have students coming in and they're asking about that. You know, how can I negotiate? I'm always talking about research, quantify your skill set, you know, do the look at comparable jobs in the market and such. But, you know, what have you found to help make it a more comfortable conversation maybe? So I think <laughs> the the single most important thing is to phone a friend. And I've had, <laughs> I haven't negotiated another salary for my myself um, in the last 12 months. Um, but I have had other women reach out to me and say, hey, I want to go for more. And it's being an advocate for them. So getting on the phone saying, you you know, this is what I think you should do. Let's practice it. Let's mm, role play okay. it. Um, I've actually done that twice in the last probably six weeks with two. Um, one is a formal mentee. And another one is somebody that reported to me and was used to report to me and is moving on to a different job. Um, but I, I find as a woman or even as a man, somebody that where you find you're uncertain, phone a friend and get that boost of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Role like play that. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and key word is practice. Yes. We have a great word for mock interview. We need a practice, you know, salary pitch. Anyway, we'll go to that later. But it's, it's interesting because not to call you out, Jill, but as you even ask the question, I can hear the uncomfortability <laughs> as you're asking, like, how do, how do we get better about negotiating salary? And it's, I think, you know, just generations of, you know, being passed We're down. We're not worthy. Like, We're not worthy. Being, <laughs> being uncomfortable about talking about pay and yeah. salary. And so True. we just need to be better. I think it's how do we get more comfortable talking about money? as a whole well and you mentioned too strides to policies and corporate protocols that are being there's put definitely into place. more protocols in place that's that has to help too but also even now where they're saying by law companies have to advertise their salaries right but i mean now you don't even know what you may make at this position why do you so anyway yes it is it is very complex um there are some states that mandated on their job postings, right. um, anyway. which poses some interesting challenges for employers. Mm-hmm. This is where a mentor can really help um, kind of pave the way and give you some advice in terms of how much room do you have? What should you do? Can you practice? Um, and sometimes you just need a little boost of courage yeah. to do it too. Um, so when I'm sitting on the mentor to a mentee relationship, I try to give them that boost of courage and, and other people have done the same for me. 
And Jill, something that you said before that I want to call back to, because this was something that a mentor of mine shared with me, is there's different types of pay, right? So maybe it's, you know, can I get access to more female leadership? It doesn't have to necessarily come in monetary pay. There's, you know, so many different types of ways that we can receive payment. So really think about what it is that's a value to you. What are you looking for from the company when you're looking at your next job? And think about what it is that you want out of out of that company. And as you're thinking about what do how do I negotiate what I'm looking for? Absolutely. Um, and along with kind of that that executive mentorship I was looking for, there was another aspect that to round out kind of my finance and accounting background, there are some pieces and other aspects of finance that I haven't had exposure to. And part of it, part of my negotiation was I want exposure to these items as well. Um, I want to be involved in these types of projects, uh, which has come to fruition. But it, like you said, it's all a part of what's valuable to you and what's important. Because yep. in this perspective, then it's so future looking in the sense of your professional growth, not just a pay right now. It's if I have this exposure now, I have access and I'm You're investing growing, in yourself, which right. will lead to so, that yes. uh, monetary, you know, compensation in a sense. So it, you're taking a different avenue to get there. Maybe. Yes. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit. Can you talk to us about what is PWC done or what is PWC doing to prioritize diversity and inclusion? So I, we have done, I mean, it's been... I personally love PwC. I think it's an amazing firm, Um, but we've done so many different things um, that I find uh, really amazing. Part of the reason that I stay. Um, So we have an entire division department, if you will, that's focused on um, responsible business, purpose and inclusion. Um, We have a lot of metrics that we measure ourselves and hold ourselves accountable to as well. Um, to make sure that we're improving um, in areas of inclusion um, and diversity as well. And I look at like locally some of the programs that we have. Um, we have a number of different affinity groups, inclusion networks. One of them is in a, a women's inclusion network. I'm the co-sponsor um, at our Tampa campus. Um, there's a lot of mentorship programs as well for females and diverse individuals. Um, and we're constantly assessing, like I said, not just the metrics, but assessing to make sure that we have parity um, and we don't have um, any biases that we, you know, are blind spots, if you will, that we can't see. So there's a lot of programs. It's important and it's in, it's in the DNA. I mean, it's something that we talk about all the time. Um, it's, it's not just, you know, at a certain point in time. Or we're evaluating. <laughs> yeah, it's, and we're not checking the box. Um, nice. It's meaningful. It's good to hear. The other, the other thing I'll say is, and as I've probably over the last 24 months, um, kind of the notion of allyship has gotten um, a little bit more pervasive uh, and really taking mentorship to the next level of allyship uh, and making sure that we kind of force through some of the diversity and inclusion issues and challenges that we have to get where we want to be. I was just going to say, as a global organization, when you are working with other countries and other cultures and, you know, women may not be able to hold leadership roles in that. And all of a sudden now you're the one leading a meeting internationally. Has that have those, you know, topic? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, many, many. Um, Yes, it's It's just very challenging. Um, And I'm 
some people in the U.S. will roll their eyes at me because I constantly bring it up how challenging it is to be a, a woman. And what I've found is like, I feel at least in the finance profession at the, I'll say at the, you know, senior manager level, say, and kind of below in the organization, we have a lot more diversity in terms of gender than we used to have. But as you continue to grow beyond mm-hmm. that, the diversity, we, we, we haven't kind you of- lose it yes. everywhere. We're still pushing on the glass ceiling there. Um, it's a, I don't want to call out any specific cultures, but two examples. I have had an issue in Latin America um, working with some of our counterparts and kind of the male-dominated leadership culture there. Um, it's not been fun, but that's kind of where you have to be courageous. And sometimes I have to put myself, I got to trick my mind and I'll think I'm doing this for my girls. I'm doing this mm-hmm. so that whoever's coming behind me doesn't right. have to do it. Uh, and that gives me the boost of confidence that mm-hmm. I need to yeah. push forward versus to retreat. Well, you brought up authenticity earlier too, and we talked a little bit. And I think with students in this day and age, it's it's very important. It's a topic that's out there. We're talking about identities. Uh, it's so, but it's also very scary. And I ha- I've had a couple students that you know uh, basically say, you know, this is how I dress. This is how I look. I want to make sure I'm comfortable. Am I going to be okay at a job fair? Like literally, I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about somebody worried because they um, are, they're a male, but they dress in clothes that can be considered something else, right? Um, And so, you know, I was like, look, you need to be yourself. And if a company doesn't like, you know, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you and you want to make sure it's a good fit. Hopefully, again, you still do the exact same things any student would do. Prep, find the companies that you think you're going to connect with, look at their diversity on the website, see what they are involved in, what types of programs do they support, you know, so helping students be confident. Do you have any tips for that and authentic in this world? Because it's not always easy, especially when we may not even be able to understand or empathize with that type of I I mean I yes I applaud you and the guidance that you you gave that individual um I think that you know organizations are looking for diverse individuals like we want people that that think differently and we bring different ideas together mm-hmm. so I think for the you know the most part like interviewing the, that's a very wise advice that interviewing the company to make sure that they're focused on diversity and inclusion along the way um I had somebody on my previous team that was gender fluid. So, you know, some days chose to dress as male, sometimes um, chose to dress as female, which was um, fine. It was different for me. Um, and they had grace with me as I was getting used to it. So uh, I think your advice is, mm-hmm. is very wise, but also saying, you know, have it's still new in the, you know, in terms of coming to work that way and being authentic, but they should be authentic and have grace with the other person because mm-hmm. um, everyone's kind of trying to figure it out too, right, um, right. to be accepting. I like that word grace and that just goes along with some kindness and just thinking, hey, okay, learn from this, grow yes, from exactly. this. What you're not, this isn't going to be the first or the last. So yep. let's, let's see what they have to offer the team. Right. I love that. Um, question for you. So McKinsey released an article. It was a women in the workplace report in 2021. 
um, that really look at, and for our listeners, we'll put this article in our podcast notes. Um, It looks at women in the workplace and the positive impact that they have on the workplace. From your perspective and your experience, what are some of the positive influences that women have um, in, in the workplace? I think you give a woman a problem and you're going to get a, you're going to get that solved. <laughs> they're going to fix it and they're going to fix it well. And it's going to um, uh, be fairly quick. Uh, no, I, what I find is that, and obviously this is very stereotypical, so it's, it's certainly not applicable to every individual, but I find that women are much more grounded in the details. So when mm. they're coming and, and presenting something, they have crossed every T and dotted every I. I'm guilty of it as well. I want to know from bottoms up um, kind of how it happened, what I'm presenting and all the rest, um, which can be good and it can be bad. Right. Um, that's why sometimes I hear at my level feedback to other women that they get lost in the details. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really a function of knowing all the details and building up the knowledge versus not having the background. Um, so I, I, but I do think that's a benefit. Um, it's well thought out. I also find um, that women have kind of a broader systems thinking point of view and context. So we're thinking about how all of the pieces integrate together. Um, yes, yeah. Some of that might come from, you know, as, as people have children and families and they're trying to coordinate, you know, a lot of that burden <laughs> falls on women. So they're coordinating, you know, this pool. Uh, like I say, I, I mean, I would be an excellent logistics manager at FedEx with three kids. Um, I'm in the wrong role, probably at the wrong company. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think women come with UPS that. will be calling. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I do think women bring that to the table. I think women also bring, you know, a different level of empathy um, and the ability to, to put themselves in somebody else's shoes um, versus male counterparts in general. Kind of a final get to uh, how can we create a culture then that supports women in business? Or have we already addressed that with mentorship? I feel like that's going to be a big one. I think mentorship's important. I think um, allyship programs to continue to advance women. Um, I think the other thing to do is women supporting women. Yes. Um, I try really hard, uh, whether I see somebody, like it's lonely at the top and it's even lonelier as a woman. Um, so I try really hard when I see somebody else that's a peer or somebody that, you know, is above me in the hierarchical, you know, the corporate hierarchy, if they've done something really good to be like, you did a really good job. Like Mm -hmm. that was great. Um, and so I think it's boosting that confidence. Mm -hmm. It makes a big difference. If somebody comes and says that to me, like it, it matters. Um, so I think all of those things collectively, and it's, it's recognizing, um, it's it's myself and those that are older than me or that are coming up like there's a legacy behind us and it's gonna we we still have a ways to go um, we have decades to go before there's true parity um, and that's okay but we all have a responsibility to kind of um, push forward it's just like the students today students that are here today have a responsibility to kind of push the needle if you will for the students that are in high school right now or in middle school um, they're creating a pathway and a different future for them. Um, than just focusing on yourself. I like that. I already want to say, students, please come into our office. You will get a boost of confidence from us, male or female, but definitely women. You know, I just see when I when you work with a student and you're like, no, you you are going to land a job. What do you you've got a four point What are you talking about? But they this confidence. It's you know? scary. It's it scary, is. and it's the what if. I, I mean, I was just talking to someone um, before I came over here today. 
uh, it was an old, co- not an old colleague, but somebody that it was on my previous team that um, reported to me, struggling a little bit, thinking about another position that they're interested in. Um, and it's always like, well, what if it's bad? What if it doesn't work? And I go, but what if it does? <laughs> right? Like, what if it's awesome? What if you land the perfect job? I think our minds and just as human beings, we have a natural tendency to go to the negative. Um, yeah. But if you go to, you know, what if the positive yeah. happens? It's uh, just amazing. Before we finish our last two questions, I want to ask you, is there anything that we did not ask you that you want to share with us? So I, two things. Yeah. One thing is I want to emphasize how important, you know, as you're looking on your job search, we've talked about mentorships, take advantage of the programs. Um, what I've found personally, and I know through, you know, our recruiters, LinkedIn is a hugely important resource. Um, believe it or not, recruiters go there first, um, more so than almost anywhere else. So I can't under, you know, estimate in terms of getting on LinkedIn, being active, follow people. Um, You can follow me. I have a a LinkedIn profile out there as well. Um, Start posting articles or sharing or what have you. Mm -hmm. Building up your LinkedIn profile is important um, and it will help you. It is a primary resource for recruiters um, at most companies in the U.S. So I I couldn't under, you know, undersell that one. Um, The other thing I want to mention is I, I told you earlier that wonder is one of the words that I love in the English language. The second word um, that I love equally as much is the word yet. Um, so when you feel like um, you failed or something, um, I'm not good at volleyball yet. Um, I'm not good at this yet. I haven't passed this class yet. Um, I think it's just so powerful in terms of what the future can bring. Um, so think about that too. Mm-hmm. I love that. Marty, put Thank it you. on a t-shirt with dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yet. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> All right. So... If we, if you could go back in time and give your college self some advice for students, you know, what would you say? So two things. I, I failed miserably at an interview for an internship between my um, junior and senior years in college. It was with Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture. And I had this perception that I needed to come in very formal, very businesslike. I need to be right up point. There's they were really looking for who I was as a person. If you fit in their culture. And yeah. And I was not authentic at all. And needless <laughs> oh, to say, no. I did not get the internship. Oh, no. Um, I and re- that's almost, I mean, I would think the same too, though. A lot of times, you know, you want to You want to come in, you want to show your business. Like, your I wanted foot. to be a professional. Right. I wanted to be, and I mean, I look back at that time and how stodgy and <laughs> stiff I probably was. I mean, it was terrible. Um, so as you're looking for internships or you're talking to people, like, Everyone knows that they're students here, right? We're not expecting anybody to have a wide breadth of experience. We're mm-hmm. looking for who you are. Can you be resilient? Are you courageous? Are you asking questions? Are you interested? Are you a hard worker? Um, demonstrate those types of things, but mm-hmm. be yourself most okay. of all. I think that's um, really important as you go through that process. And then I think the other thing I would have done is too often I've thought, and even sometimes I find myself in this trap, this person's too busy to talk to me. They don't have time for me. Erase that from your mind. The other person wants to help. They don't know you need help. They want to be engaged. We Everybody wants to see somebody else succeed. Um, so take that opportunity. Don't be afraid to initiate that mentorship or that relationship with somebody else. Um, and if they can't handle it or they don't want to, they'll say no, and it's no big deal. Um, but I wish I was a, a little bit um, more assertive in that in that means. Mm-hmm. The same thing with professors. They want to help you. They want to engage with you. 
Um, that's why they've chosen that career. So take advantage of it. Um, Be a brown noser and read an article they wrote or published and man, open And you'll the door. learn something from open them. The it's door. cool. I mean, people are cool. People yeah. have great stories. Find their story. How can folks get in touch with you? So LinkedIn is perfect. Okay. So you can send me an email there or um, my email address is jill.notes at pwc.com. Uh, I'm on email all the time. So email's the, the best avenue. Um, but And LinkedIn is, is fine as well. That goes to my personal email. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jill. We've enjoyed having you today. Um, for folks looking to get in touch with us, follow us on our undergraduate programs website. You can go to the USF MUMA website, uh, go to students, and then our undergraduate programs link, or follow us at USF MUMA. Look forward to getting down to business with you soon.